Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. Uh, We will be in the book of James, chapter number 1. James, chapter number 1. Before we get there, I just want to say it was good to see Patty McCarthy back in the choir. She's been out sometime sick, and uh, so it was wonderful to see her back there singing in the choir this morning. And Kimberly Jones, who sang the uh, lead part there in the song, I Am, uh, this week she graduated with her master's in education, and so we can congratulate her, and we're so thankful for that. And uh, so, Kimberly, thank you so much. That's awesome. And um, I was trying to say, she has a brand new dress on. Why is she? Oh, that's right. She graduated this week. So she looked uh, really great, sang great this morning. I am so thankful for her ministry here at Tucson Baptist Church, Tucson Baptist Academy. Uh, if you're watching by live stream, we have a tremendous attendance this morning. I'm sorry that you're unable to be here, but I am thankful for all of those who have made the effort to be here on Mother's Day. Now, I'm going to depart from our series of messages on prophecy. I weighed, I talked to the Lord, I went back and forth, I talked to some other people, and finally, it just didn't make sense to preach about seven years of tribulation today. <laughs> that wasn't a good look, so I'm going to... Preach a message on Mother's Day about seven years of tribulation. So, uh, so, so the Lord directed me to a different passage of Scripture, and so we're going to preach uh, on the the fact that the ministry of mom never sleeps. And wow, what a week it's been in our country! Can we just recognize that there are some very radical, sinful, evil, wicked people? Let's call it what it is who rejoice over taking life. I'm thankful that we come to a church that rejoices in life. That we had these beautiful young ladies today that sang about life. That sang about how great Jesus is. And I'm so thankful that there were mothers that decided not to abort those girls 10, 12 years ago. Life is precious. And there's going to be a great accounting one day for all the doctors and nurses and mothers who participated in the sinful, evil act of terminating a pregnancy. And on this Mother's Day, I just want us to all recognize that moms are important. In fact, I would say motherhood is perhaps one of the most important projects in life. Moms, I salute you. I tip my hat to you. And to those who have yet to have children, when you become a mother, it's great. To those who, who, who do not have children, but you teach children, I salute you. I thank you. And making a million dollars or working your way up the corporate ladder cannot compare to the most important job, and that is the lady who has the title of mom. Uh, Shelly, my wife, she calls her mother every single night at 9 o'clock. It's like 
sets her, her, uh, uh, sets her alarm by that. I mean, every night she calls her mom. Every single night they talk. I have yet to figure out how it's so exciting to talk about the same exact thing that you talked about the night before. But they do it. And I get under my wife's skin, and it'll be like 9.02, and I said, you haven't called your mommy yet. And, um, and she'll roll her eyes and have something sarcastic to say to me. Or the next night I'll say, it's time to call your mother. And that just sets her off. <laughs> and she'll remind me, she's my mom. There's something about that title called mom. Can we have just a moment and have all of our moms stand all of the moms just stand. Wow, thank you so much for being here. Let's recognize all of our moms. Thank you. You can be seated. And for some of you moms, this is a bittersweet day. We recognize that. We acknowledge that. There's been a miscarriage or a lost baby along the way. One day you're going to be able to see that precious baby, and you're going to rejoice, and it's going to be a grand homecoming. But no job, no title, no paycheck, no benefit package in the world can outdo the advantages of this, re- this very rewarding career called being a mom. Mothers may do many other things, but there's nothing as eternal or irreversible uh, as rearing and training your children. Ladies, you have an awesome responsibility. And may I just recognize this morning that that was given uh, to you by God. It's a God-given responsibility to mold and shape lives for the future. So often, perhaps too easily, we delegate that to someone. But I'm thankful that there's a room full of moms who have done it right and continue to do it right. And I want you to stop this morning consider that motherhood is not just a part of God's plan for some. It is God's plan. God made the first woman in the world with the ability and the command uh, to have children, to raise them. And even when he called her by name, her identity, the Bible says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Most all of the women used of God in the Bible were blessed in that role of being a wife and a mother. And you just cannot separate motherhood from your identity or calling once that little uh, flannel-wrapped human being that's in your arm. um, And that bundle arrives and there's that warmth and there's that amazing connection between a mom and her child. I'm afraid we've gotten away from honoring the value of motherhood. It is a privilege. It is an important work. And I want us to never forget that this morning. And we need to remember this morning that the family is set up, um, what I believe is to give a picture of the Godhead. Allow me some leeway here to describe what I think a family looked like. We know that God has three distinct personalities, positions, jobs, or responsibilities. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, Often a picture of an egg um, uh, called the Trinity. 
Inside of one family unit, we see the same diversity. It's easy to see uh, that the father is the member of the family uh, who pictures God the Father, and the children are in the place that coincides with God the Son. And if that be so, then, then those who sit at your house um, uh, and take care of the house and often have that great responsibility called mom would represent the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, wow, what a great model of what the family unit looks like, and the Godhead looks like. You know that most churches have a, one of those do-everything guys? We actually have several men in our church like that, that they just simply, you just give them a job, and, and they could do it. Um, uh, even if they have never done it before, they can figure out how to do it. Well, if there's that do-everything guy in our church, then there's a lot of moms who are the jack of all trades. What do I mean by that? She's the wearer of many hats and the doer of many jobs. And really, she's the only person in the game of life who can be a trainer and a coach and a referee and a team mate, an emergency medical squad and a cheerleader and a, and a, and a pep rally promoter. And she does it all at the same time. It's amazing what a mom can do. She also serves as a nurse and a counselor and a comforter and a teacher and a disciplinarian and a veterinarian and a band-aid dispenser and a boo-boo kisser. It is interesting that even to this day, our children are grown. They're 28, 30, 32, or 33 now. Our children are grown. They have families of their own. But it is interesting that uh, our children will call mom when there's something about medical. I cannot recall one of my children calling and say, Dad, I feel sick. What should I do? Not a one of them. But they'll call mom. Because mom just has that magic touch of empathy, sympathy that many dads do not have. And so to get a good look at some of the responsibilities a mom uh, ought to be taking care of, let's this morning make a parallel between the Holy Spirit and the work of mom. Allow me some deference here as we look at this. And we look in James chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Father, I ask that you help us over the next few moments as we look at these three thoughts. They could be a help and encouragement to those that are here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that it's God's character remade in us to love and to give that back to our children. And I realize that it can get out of balance with our sinful desires and and bent toward materialism. Uh, I would say that here's here's what most families in America are like. We don't want our children to have what we have had when we were growing up. We want them to have more. And sometimes to a fault. I've been to some of your homes, and you have to trip over a hundred toys to get to the couch because we have given our children everything that they want. I'm not talking about that this morning. I'm talking about the ministry of mom. I do not think that desire is wrong to take care of your children. Um, One of our children recently for Christmas said this, please do not buy our children any more toys. Um, they have a lot. Uh, and I'm thankful that, that they've been provided in that way. But I want to talk not about materialism this morning. Not about the things that we might give to our children that they, that they would identify that I have purchased their love because of some electronic gadget or because of some toy. 
That's not what I want to talk about. And sometimes that is the realm in which we live. But I want us to recognize that God, in Romans chapter 8, he wants his children to have everything that we need. And many times he does give us what we want. But God wants to answer our prayers and fill our requests. But it always hinges on our obedience and our conformity to his will. God first predestined or planned for us to be conformed to the image of his son in Romans chapter 8. But in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 32, he made this promise. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Isn't that a great verse? Freely give us all things. How does our heavenly father desire um, uh, to give us? How can he do that? Freely. He wants the best for his children. What husband doesn't want the best for his bride? Are we the bride of Christ? It's what the church is. He wants the very best for us. Psalm 84 says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Are you walking uprightly? Are you walking according to his will this morning? Is your relationship with Jesus Christ correct At this very moment. That greatly depends on how you're living your life. Where your eyes are going. Where your mind is going. What you're looking at, reading, listening to. No good thing will he withhold to those who walk uprightly. So let us look at three ministries of the Holy Spirit that I believe are also connected to what the moms of our church do. And if you're a new mom, please listen carefully and let this become part of what you do as a mom. Role number one, the Holy Spirit and mothers, they provide security. The Holy Spirit and mothers, they provide security. In the heart of every child of God, it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to confirm our place of belonging and value in God's family and in his home for us in heaven. Let me share some scripture with you to support this. Consider, he says in 1 John, Hereby know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. He goes on to say, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is true. Oh, listen to this verse in 1 John chapter 5. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave us of his Son. My friend, I ask you this morning, do you believe in Jesus Christ? If you do, he bears witness there is security in knowing Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 also teaches us that, that this is the one of the important ministries of the Holy Spirit to believers. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Have you ever been around another Christian and you knew the other person was a Christian? Because the Spirit in that Christian bore witness with the Spirit that is in you. One of the most important lessons that all of us must learn is that it is very possible for a person who is genuinely saved to lack or doubt or miss security or stated in a different way, feel insecure in their hearts and their minds. Here's the question that often plagues a new believer. 
am I really saved? If I die, I, I know I said that prayer, I know I believe that prayer, but am I really saved? May I just tell you that if you're really saved, it is the role and responsibility of the Holy Spirit to provide security for you. Whenever we have grieved or quenched the Spirit, whenever we've allowed sin and bitterness and, and a hard heart uh, to rule and reign, then we miss out on that assuring, security-providing service or ministry of the Holy Spirit. When we walk with God, the Holy Spirit over and over again provides security in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, mom is often the Holy Spirit in the home. By the way, this is a big, mighty ministry of mom. Though not all of your children need assurance that they are truly part of the family and welcomed in the home, they all do need security and assurance and peace of mind that's provided by a loving embrace by mom. The cool Calm, assuring words of a mom. A mother's love gives assurance of work, of place, of position, and belonging in the family and in life. And our children need to be assured of our love and unconditional acceptance. Can I have all moms look up here and all ladies? You have such a vital role of demonstrating the work of the Holy Spirit. By your love language and your actions with your children, it re- it, re, it emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit also provides love and acceptance and assurity. Mom, you have such an important role, even if your children are out of the house. God designed loving families with parents and grandparents so that every child could have one haven to, to run to uh, where he or she uh, is the best, the brightest, the greatest, and the most important person in the world. Our children need to have that security that's provided by mom. I need to challenge all mothers this morning to provide your children with assurance, security, a sense of belonging. It's a role that you play. And if that's true, then the, your ministry never sleeps. It's a never-ending job. The Holy Spirit also provides a second role in our life. And that is, just like moms, they provide correction. The Holy Spirit and moms provide correction. Now, this is probably one of the least favorite parts of being a mom. Because this is where your personality is often revealed. Where you get pushed to the breaking point and your attitude and responses are revealed. Mom, like the Holy Spirit, can team up with a guilty conscience when it comes to dealing with sin and disobedience in your child's life. Discipline is an act of love, not an act of anger or punishment. And sometimes we allow our emotions to take over and we'll say something we shouldn't have said. We'll react in a way we shouldn't have reacted. Mom, you have a ministry in providing loving correction. True Bible discipline says this. I love you too much to let you do wrong and have the heartache and unhappiness that sin brings. I love you so much that I don't want you to pay the high cost of the wages of sin. The Bible says repeatedly that it is love that is behind chastening and correction. Oh, I put these verses in your handout because I think you need to, to, to read those and learn from these this coming week. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, And ye have forgotten the exhortation that speaketh unto you as unto children. 
My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when they are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? That verse in Proverbs chapter 13, we don't like it, but it's in the Bible. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him or correcteth him. Beat times means as many times as is necessary. In Proverbs chapter 3, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. In Proverbs chapter 29, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall be a delight unto thy soul. Proverbs chapter 29. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to what? Shame. Moms, you have an important role when it comes to correction. And that Conviction is another facet of correction. In John chapter 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. As a mother is the Holy Spirit in the home, a representative of the Holy Spirit in the home. It's her job to bring sin to light on the basis of God's Word, to admonish and to rebuke wrongdoing and to administer correction or chastening. Remember that uh, uh, as part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Isn't it amazing how moms know everything? I had just graduated from high school. And, um, and so my grandfather owned a little campground up in a place called Romney, West Virginia. And uh, it was about two and a half hours away. And so uh, we had two vehicles of, of seven guys that graduated together. And we were going to go hunt, uh, excuse me, uh, fishing, uh, swimming at my, uh, uh, fa- my grandfather's campground. And so we drove over and, and, uh, and we fished and, uh, and we hunted. I keep saying honey. And we, uh, uh, we fished and we swam in the river there. And uh, we, we had a great time. But about the second day, we were bored. And uh, so we drove into the little town of Romney, West Virginia. And this is back in 1983. Um, uh, and there was nothing to do. The, street, the, the, the streets rolled up at 6 o'clock. There was nothing to do. But there was a drive-in movie theater on the outskirts of Romney, West Virginia. Now, we had all seven graduated from a Christian high school. And no matter what your opinion is on movies and, and uh, movie theaters or drive-in, in 1983, we were not allowed to go to the movie theater. It just We weren't allowed to go to drive-ins. I'd never been to a drive-in, never been to a movie theater. It was the rule in our home. And so whatever, uh, make no value judgment. This is 1983. This is the way it was. And we were bored. And we said, hey, if we don't tell anybody, no one's going to know. And so we had two pickup trucks. We went to the drive-in movie. It did not matter what the movie was. It's just the fact we were going to spend an evening uh, having fun uh, at a drive-in movie theater. We're going to have some popcorn and, and uh, just, I mean, just seven guys hanging out having a good time. And, um, and, uh, and so the, the movie was playing and, um, and, um, and uh, 
we came back from our trip, and uh, it's now like three weeks later. And uh, we had a great time, and we caught fish, we swam, we went to the drive-in movie theater, we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. I mean, it was, a, it was, a, it was just a great time. Uh, we spent a week away as our, our senior, kind of like a senior trip, just getting away. We had a great time. Three weeks later, my mom comes home, and I'm, I'm graduated from high school. I'm old enough to move out now. And I was going to go visit a, a girl that I had met, and, and, um, and I was getting ready to go, and we were going to go bowling, and my mom was sweeping the front porch. But she was ferociously sweeping the front porch. Like, she, like I, I, I mean, my mom was, like, mad about sweeping the front porch. And, and so I, I come uh, our house. We lived out in the country. I, I come out the front door. I go through the, um, the front porch. I step out onto the sidewalk. My dad says, Brent, we need to talk. I go, oh, no. So I came back on the front porch. And I sat down. My mom says, is there something you need to tell us? Oh, those are dangerous words. Which thing do I need to tell mom? I said, nope. I said, there is nothing I need to tell you. And my mom is sweeping. And, and my mom, my mom is alpha A and my dad is B. Okay, so my mom is like a, a, a tiger uh, my entire life. I mean, she could eat, devour, devour you, spit you out, and just like all one, one bite, all right? And my dad was meek, mild manner, and uh, rarely ever got mad. And my mom was waiting on my dad to, to take this and to, and, and to address this situation. And my dad, he hymns and haul, and my mom is sweeping, and the, the, I, I mean, she, she's creating a dust storm. She's sweeping so hard. Finally, she says, did you do something in Romney, that we need to know about? I go, what narrows it down? <laughs> the only thing we did is we skinny dipped and we, um, and we went to the drive-in movie theater. So they can't really get too upset about the fact that we went swimming naked. So they can't get, uh, uh, yeah, we went swimming uh, in the river uh, without our swimming trunks on. <laughs> no, is there something else you did? And she says, did you go to the drive-in movie theater? Uh, uh, I guess you already know, Mom. (laughs) But that didn't bother me. You know what bothered me? How did she know? (laughs) Did one of the other guys, there's no way. And so your guilty conscience is working over time, and you're like, who, how did she find out? It wasn't that I went to drive-in theater and I disobeyed my mom and dad and I disappointed my mom and dad and, and my mom's being the Holy Spirit right now. And I said, well, how do you know? She said, that's not important. Did you go? I'm so disappointed in you. So I'm sorry. I mean, we, we went and, and I'm moving out in August, so it'll be okay. So, um, uh, uh, but, but anyway, my mom and dad were disappointed because I directly disobeyed them and I wasn't supposed to go to the, to the movie theater, okay? Um, but then, so I left, and I came back. And, and I didn't even have fun on my, my date there, because I came back. All I wanted to know is, how did mom know? I got back in. Mom, how did you know? My mom was a nurse, and, um, uh, or a nurse's aide, and so she, was, uh, she worked in a particular section of the hospital. But this one day, she went to the hospital, and they said they needed her in a step-down unit in the heart area. She never, ever worked there. And 
my mom was attending to one of the patients who happened to be a neighbor right over the hill. And so my mom was tending to him, taking care of his, his needs as he had just had a, a heart procedure. And so he's talking to my mom, and, and he says, I was really surprised to see Brent and all of his friends at the drive-in movie theater. And my mom said, oh, no, no, you must have had the, you have, you have the, Brent wouldn't have been there. You have the wrong person. It must have been a group of us. Oh, no, it was Dave's truck, that red and white Jeep truck. It was Dave's truck, all right. You know, the one with the dent in the front corner. I mean, it, it was his truck, and, and, your, and your son and all those, his friends were there in the back of the truck. And, um, and you should have seen that movie they were watching. And, and as I said, the movie didn't matter. It was just the fact we went. It, probably we shouldn't have been there as Christians. Oh. You know what I learned? Be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> he was two and a half hours away from his home. I was two and a half hours away from my home. And, uh, and he told on me, and the only day my mom, mom worked and stepped down, he tells on her. He uh, tells on me. So uh, mom's the Holy Spirit. She's like, she's omniscient. She knows all things. It's an uncanny ability. Proverbs 31, verse 27 says this. She looketh well uh, to the ways of her household. Moms, if you're doing your job and your minister correctly, you're looking after your household. I've heard uh, people say that this meant her housekeeping and management skills, yet I believe it refers to more to the people of her household. Just as it says that she uh, clothes all of her household with scarlet. The, the word that is translated looketh well, it means to study, to lean toward, to peer into, or we could say examine closely the ministry of mom in providing correction is to examine closely her children to provide the best instruction and correction. And I believe it is a mom's job to look well to the ways of all those living in her family. A mom should be closely involved enough to know what's going on and what attitudes prevail, who needs encouragement or reprimand, and and what's foremost in each person's heart and mind. And sometimes our children need encouragement, but other times they need a reminder or rebuke. It just depends on what's going on in their lives at that moment. Mom, your ministry's never over. It's always ongoing. It takes time. It takes a personal connection. It takes you being involved. And it takes sacrifice of being a mom. Embrace the title of mom. And when a mother has this kind of ministry in her children's lives, then she's the first one to know when there's a need that arises for dealing with sin and disobedience. And mom needs to be close enough to her children to know what is the best way to deal with the different situations. The role of the Holy Spirit and mom is to provide security. The role of the Holy Spirit and mom is to provide Correction. Finally, this morning, the role and secure the role of the Holy Spirit and mothers is to provide instruction. To provide instruction, moms, you have a a big job. In John chapter fourteen, it says, "But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things." And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. If we are comparing the role uh, of the Holy Spirit and mom, there is a teaching aspect of the role in ministry of mom. 
Much of Bible preaching and teaching is not in revealing new truth, but instructing, repeating, reminding us of what we've already learned. And just as we need to constantly be reminded and retaught uh, uh, many of the same subjects of praying and reading God's Word and, and telling others about Jesus and giving, and, and we need to realize that our children also require line upon line repetition of the basic things that are most important. It's one of the greatest responsibilities of a mother to instruct her children about sin and salvation, morality and dating, engagement and marriage, family and character, and God's command and plans for their lives. Oh, what a great, awesome responsibility mom has. The Bible reminds us that teaching the Bible to our children should be a constant, repetitive process that never ends. In fact, it is written in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Notice verse 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. A mother may tire of saying, did you wash your clothes? Did you make your bed? Did you brush your teeth? Did you do your homework? Did you practice your piano? Did you read your Bible? A mom can get tired of those questions, but may I just say, never tire of instructing your children those most important truths of honesty, integrity, diligence, compassion, and testimony. Mom, you're the number one teacher in your child's life. Embrace it. You're the one who comes first. You're the one who, who's still there when they graduate and they move on. You're the most important, influential teacher your child will ever have. Embrace it and do it well. They not only learn from what you say, but also by what you do. When all is said and done, more is caught than taught, someone said. I say to you, example speaks louder than your words. Example speaks louder than your words. And your children are deeply affected by what they see in your life. Over the last several years, we have seen a falling away that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. When it comes to the destruction of the home. May I just tell you, whether you believe it or not, whether your head is in the sand or not, whether you just like, I don't want to believe this, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you the reality. The government of the United States of America wants to take your children's minds away from you. They want to eradicate God from their minds. They do embrace CRT. They do want your children to know that it is my body, my choice. They do want your children to understand that, that abortion is just a normal part of contraceptive. It's just... Nothing, nothing wrong with it. They do want gender identity to be done away with. I want you to listen carefully to me as your pastor. And if this upsets you to the point that you feel that you need to leave our church, then I'm sorry. Mom, if your children embrace abortion, the LGBT movement and all the other letters that are now assigned with it, 
you bear the responsibility of that. Let me tell you how it happens. You say, well, I would never want my children. You are the gatekeeper. You determine what they watch on TV, what movies they watch, what friends they hang out with. And every time, every time, please listen to me, every time you allow them to go to school and you just say, I'm just glad they're out of my hair. I'll see them in eight hours. And you have zero idea what they're being taught in the school. You bear the responsibility when they turn out and they say, I just want to be an it. I don't want to be a male. I don't want to be a female. I want to be transgender. Because you allowed the influences in their life. 100%. If your children turn out to be LGBT, whatever the number of letters, it falls on your shoulders. So moms, you have small children, start right now and say, that's never going to happen. And if your children do not watch television, so be it. If your children are not going to go to public school, so be it. The public school does not have your child's best interest at play. By the way, we have public school teachers in this very auditorium. I have personally spoken with the public school teachers, and they have explained to me how they have to do workarounds what they're expected to teach your children. I know this for a fact of that which I speak. The government wants to take your children away. The public school wants there to be a gender identity crisis in your child's life. And we sit by and we allow it to happen. Please listen to me. The church has been silent for too long on these issues. The church has been too quiet. May I just, moms... Moms, may I just please say, you are the gatekeeper. You say, all those cartoons, they just help me be able to get laundry done and iron and get the meal fixed. If you have no idea what your children are, are watching, it does not matter if it's Disney or some other program. Everyone now has to have, every comedy, every movie, every crime show, every cartoon is now being produced to, to identify with the LGBT movement or their movies won't be able to be put in the movie theater. You say, wow, that's strong. I'm tired of losing our children. Please make no mistake what I just said. I'm tired of losing our children. And right now we have teenagers teenagers who are talking to Pastor David and Miss Bethany and myself about I'm confused if I'm a boy or a girl. May I just tell you, God made man and God made female. If you have trouble defining that, I will help you define that. I will help you define that. There is a distinct difference between a man or a boy and there's a distinct difference between a woman and a female. End, period, exclamation point. But we will allow the garbage to take place in our homes. Movies, friends, public high school. And you allow your children to be exposed to this garbage. And then you wonder when they come home and they don't want God. They don't want church. It falls at the feet of mom and dad. Moms, it's time we stand up and say... The most important role I have 
is the training of my children. I will not lose them to the devil. I will not lose them to this world. The devil offers all kinds of pay and benefits and self-esteem. And once the devil can get mom out of the picture, he has lined up others to teach your children what he wants them to learn. Think of the things that they learn from TV and movies. Do you realize that I have discovered through some of our young men who play video games that now they even have gender identity crisis in video games to expose even in video games. Homosexuality, anti-God, humanism. The devil wants to get mom out of the picture. If you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this next statement. Mom, you matter. Mom, you matter. Don't give up on your role and responsibility Hey, listen, if they just be quiet, I don't care what they watch. You should care. You should know every minute of what your children are watching. You should know every minute of who they're texting on the phone. My time is gone, but, I just, but let me just tell you that it's not some other, it's not some other church. There are students who have been exposed and are talking to someone they thought was another teenager only to find out it was a perverted man. Because how do we find out? Well, mom and dad, they never ever check who I'm talking to. And we have children right now talking on apps and devices that mom and dad, you simply do not know what your children do. Oh, my child would never do that. If that is your response, your head is in the sand. You are naive. My children would never do that. The best kids, the best kids from the best homes are tempted by technology. And if there's no restraints, if there's no guidelines, it will always take you down. It will never build you up. And your children are being exposed. And, and listen, in our, uh, our very own town, children are being taken away and running away from home. And we wonder... How did it all go so wrong? It stops at the foot of mom. Moms, your ministry never sleeps. You can never stop being a mom. You must know what's going on in the lives of your children. I, if I could say it, if I could say it and, get, and say it, and you really would believe it, I, I, I would say this: the telephone, the smartphone, has been created to, as an instrument of the devil for teenagers, and I'll explain it. We can erase history. Your child knows how to erase history. They know how, how to have dummy accounts. They know how to get into uh, things like Discord, and you've never even heard of it, and yet they're having these entire conversations in Discord with people that propose to be uh, someone of the same age, and they're being exposed to garbage and filth that you don't even know about. And very quickly, with a few keystrokes on their smartphone, it's all erased, and you don't see it. And one day we wonder, oh, no, dear God, help me. My 16-year-old has suddenly identified with. Aren't you tired of losing in the battle? Aren't you tired of hearing the stories of another child gone astray? Mom, you are important. Every minute of every day you should know what your children 
are doing, learning, who's in charge. Do they have my, best in, my child's best interest? Are they a Christian? Are they a believer? Do they have the same values I do? And if they don't, don't give your children to them. Period. Under no circumstances. The, the, the sin, filth, muck, sewage is stronger, greater than it has ever been in our society right today. Moms, please. 